perk up, listeners, because we're about to go down the rabbit hole of superstitions. Sometimes there's the obvious, crossing your fingers, horseshoes, picking up a penny, and the age-old phrase, beginner's luck. But if those don't work, you might search through a grab bag for more lucky charms and find today's superstition. We've covered the rabbit's foot before, but did you know that there's more to these furry little creatures? If not, then repeat after me. Rabbit. 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 Then say that again at the very beginning of next month. If you do, you might find yourself with a little bit of luck. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a teen witch meets a very peculiar rabbit. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you wake up next to a friend and the first words out of their mouth are rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. You might find that very odd and ask them if they are okay. But what they'll probably tell you is that their mum or uncle or grandfather told them to do it for good luck. As it turns out, it's a ritual practiced all around the world. The mechanics are pretty simple. On the first day of a new month, the first words you speak aloud must be rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Though just rabbit, rabbit would suffice if you're in a hurry. It can be at 12.01 a.m. if you're a night owl or first thing when you wake up if you aren't. The point is, if they aren't the very first words you say, it doesn't count. But don't fret, because if you forget at the beginning of the day, there's still a chance for redemption. Right before you go to bed, you can say, Black Rabbit. Or, according to some, you can say, Tibar Tibar, which is Rabbit Rabbit, backwards. It's not that something bad happens if you forget to say the phrase, rather that if you do it, good fortune will come. And maybe you think this is silly. It's just words after all. But you should never underestimate the power of the rabbit, as a girl in today's story will learn. Once upon a time, there was a teenage girl named Peyton 
who also happened to be a witch. She lived in a cozy suburban house with her warlock father, her witch mother having left just after Peyton turned 13. Peyton loved her mother and had many reminders of her around the house. Some she loved, some, like the talking clock, she didn't. On the first of every month, it would wake her up with, Don't forget to say your rabbits! Peyton's mum had bewitched the clock to remind Peyton of a silly ritual. She'd say, rabbit, 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 as soon as she woke up. When Peyton asked why, her mother always gave her the same response. The best things in life can't be explained. It's just luck. Peyton always hated this phrase, for she was a very logical girl. She liked things that she could explain. So Peyton refused to say it. Even though her mother had moved away two years ago and Peyton missed her very much, she refused to say it. Instead, she saw her mother's absence as a solvable problem. Throughout the year after her mother left, Peyton worked on a conjuring spell to bring her back. The spell wasn't easy. In fact, it was difficult and dangerous, usually attempted only by much more experienced witches. But that didn't matter. Peyton knew she was very mature for her age, so much so that she had very few friends at school. It wasn't her fault they found her angry and demanding. Her classmates just didn't understand as much as she did. But all that meant was Peyton had tons of time to work on the spell. She was sure she could do it. Every day that year, she came home from school and worked on her spell. Over time, she got closer and closer, producing bigger puffs of empty smoke. Yet it never worked. By the week of Peyton's 14th birthday, she had grown frustrated. She had always followed all the instructions, figuring witchcraft was like baking cookies. She decided the spell must be wrong. And when, on June 1st, the clock reminded her again, don't forget to say your rabbits. She was so upset, she screamed out, Fine! Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit! She surprised herself when she said it and oddly felt better. She sat up and looked around, waiting for something to happen. This was silly, she knew. It was just a folk tale, not real magic. Maybe her father could help her with the spell. She didn't want to tell him too much lest he get mad or offended, but she could ask generally about advanced spells. Peyton made her way downstairs to a very dark kitchen. At one point, her father had made the lights and appliances work through magic and refused to use electricity. Unfortunately, he had gotten too ambitious over the years trying to make the whole house run on magic. He'd forgotten to tend to the basics. She expected to find him making breakfast, but instead, he was chasing a vacuum cleaner around the kitchen. I propel you! I propel you! He yelled before it bumped into a cabinet, sending plates and bowls flying. He looked up and noticed Peyton. Check out my self-driving vacuum! He exclaimed as the vacuum cleaner reversed and ran straight into him. He shook his head undeterred and said, Soon, I'll be sending this thing to buy my groceries. Just you watch. Peyton rolled her eyes. I'm sure it's going to make us breakfast too. 
Her father didn't notice her tone and replied, No, but the oven will, just as soon as I teach it to read a recipe. Peyton was annoyed at her father. It didn't make sense to teach the appliances to cook when he could do it himself. But she was mature enough to not say anything. Instead, she simply unplugged the vacuum cleaner for him, made breakfast herself, and went to school. Later that day, Peyton came home thinking she'd have to give up on her conjuring spell. She reached into the mailbox and pulled out a hidden key. Peyton sighed as she shut it. The key had been her mum's idea. As Peyton walked to the front door, she noticed a mysterious package. She picked it up. There was no return label, but the postage markings indicated that it came from Toronto, the last place she'd heard her mother was living. Peyton's eyes welled up with tears. Her mother had finally remembered to send her something, as she promised she would. Peyton hoped it was a large jacket, an invitation for Peyton to come visit the cold climate. But when she opened the box, all she saw was an animal carrier. Of course. Her mother always said every witch should have a familiar by 14. She might forget her keys, but at least she remembered Peyton's birthday. It wasn't as exciting as a winter coat, but logically, her mother would have wanted to send her something magical. Peyton had never thought much about familiars. She assumed they were sort of like emotional service animals for witches, and she definitely didn't need one of those. But her mother always told her that the familiar chose the witch, not the other way around. So she guessed this was hers. She peered in the cage to see her new pet. She imagined a cat, hopefully a black one, like the familiars she'd seen in books. But when she looked into the cage, she found... A rabbit! said Peyton, indignant. What the heck is this? It looked up at Peyton, wide-eyed, like it was in love. Oh, fine. I guess you're my familiar now. You better be a good one. Peyton brought the cage inside and set it on the floor. The rabbit hopped out and immediately beelined for the stairs. Peyton chased after it. She had never had a pet before, and it would not be good for it to get lost or trapped under one of her father's rogue appliances. The rabbit ran upstairs, pausing to sniff an eye of newt on the floor. Before Peyton knew it, she was following the rabbit into her bedroom. She thought it odd that the rabbit knew where to go, but she'd never had a familiar before, and perhaps they were very intuitive. In Peyton's bedroom, the rabbit hopped up onto the desk and sniffed her ingredients library. It was a small shelf of ingredients she'd taken from her father. Thankfully, he hadn't noticed. Peyton and the rabbit looked at each other squarely in the eyes. The rabbit blinked. Peyton blinked back. The rabbit blinked again. It occurred to Peyton she didn't know what to do with a familiar. She turned to research, which was always the logical thing to do. Thankfully, her mother had left most of her book collection behind. Peyton read them all religiously. She opened Magical Histories, flipped to the section on familiars, and scanned the text. Familiars were thought to be small demons sent by the devil to do a witch's bidding. Great. She had a demon as a pet. 
but she had always wished she'd had another pair of hands to hold her ingredients while she used hers to do the summoning. The rabbit's paws were an awful lot like hands. Perhaps this was the missing piece. As all witches know, spells are broken into two stages. First, you must harness power from all corners of the universe. Then, once you've gathered this power, you release it. That creates the effect of the spell. Are you going to do my bidding or what? Peyton asked. The rabbit only blinked. Perhaps she needed to be more specific. Okay, familiar. Bring me a black candle, a can of ginger ale, and a bay leaf. The rabbit looked at her, then scurried to a pile of laundry in the corner. Peyton groaned. Wasn't the familiar supposed to be doing her bidding? But then she remembered she hadn't told the rabbit how to find the supplies. She expected it to be too smart. The bay leaf is in the blue basket, Peyton instructed, pointing to a carefully arranged section of her ingredients library. The rabbit looked at the basket, then looked back at her with its big marble eyes. Bring me the bay leaf, rabbit, Peyton demanded. She didn't know how to talk to a familiar. She imagined that it was like having a little brother. The rabbit hopped to the left side of the desk near the blue basket, but it poured into a green bin instead. What's in there? Peyton asked. She'd heard people ask absurdly obvious questions to their pets before. She thought perhaps it would help her establish a rapport with the rabbit, but the rabbit didn't respond yet again. Instead, it pulled a frog foot out of the bin and laid it down like an offering. No, the bay leaf, Peyton clarified. But the rabbit simply brought her another frog foot. Stop it right now, Peyton demanded. At first it was cute, then it was annoying. What good was the familiar if it didn't do what she asked? She would just have to gather the supplies herself. Maybe the magic in the familiar was just it being there. She lit a black candle, opened a can of ginger ale, and began her incantation. Next, she had to pour the soda into a bowl, then submerge the bay leaf. She reached for the mixing bowl. The rabbit was sitting in it. Get out, she yelled. When the rabbit didn't move, she pointed to the door. The rabbit clearly wasn't smart enough to understand her human language. Get out of the bowl! Finally, the rabbit seemed to understand. It hopped out, which pleased Peyton, then hovered next to the bowl as if to watch. Maybe she wasn't so bad at this whole familiar thing after all. Peyton submerged the bay leaf in the ale and said an incantation. As she was doing so, the rabbit turned its attention to her and sniffed her hand. Peyton smiled. Then, encouraged, it stood up to its hind legs and wrapped its front paws around Peyton's arm in a small hug. To her surprise, she was charmed. She giggled and admitted, You're kind of cute, I guess. She knew it was ridiculous, but she could have sworn the rabbit looked pleased. Perhaps this was how you worked with the familiar. Logically, the rabbit had to think it was loved before it would help her. So after she let it go, she told it to pull the bay leaf out of the bowl. 
it did. But instead of laying it down, the rabbit swallowed the leaf whole. No! Bad familiar! Peyton said. She yanked the bay leaf from the rabbit's mouth, but it was completely mangled. That's it! You're not my familiar anymore! She yelled. The rabbit looked up at her and started to cry big, almost human-like tears. But Peyton didn't care. The rabbit was so unhelpful, it was ruining her spell entirely. There was only one logical thing to do. She picked up the rabbit, carried it outside, and tossed it into the trash can. Throwing away a live animal was not really the logical solution, but Peyton thought she was finished with the rabbit. She was very wrong. She didn't see what the rabbit did next. First, it flung itself against the inside of the trash can, knocked it over, then hopped out. Next, it climbed the stem of the mailbox and used its nose to nudge it open. Finally, it pulled out a key to the front door and hopped towards the house. Coming up, the rabbit works its magic. Hi there, it's Carter from ParCast. If you haven't had a chance to check out the riveting true crime series Solved Murders, there's no better time to tune in. Throughout the month of August, Solved Murders is featuring four celebrations that took a turn for the deadly in a special series we're calling Party Fowls. From a murder in the New York nightclub scene and a house party gone horribly wrong, to a terrifying evening at the Tate residence and a sex party with sinister results, go deeper inside four affairs remembered for all the wrong reasons. And if you like what you hear with Party Fowls and want to uncover more of history's most captivating cases, be sure to follow Solved Murders on Spotify. There you'll find a new episode released every Wednesday. Solved Murders is a Spotify original from ParCast. Listen free only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. After Peyton threw away the rabbit, she went back inside. All she wanted to do was use a conjuring to get Mother home, but her new rabbit familiar wasn't helping. She was furious that she had let herself do something as stupid as trusting an animal just because her mother thought it was a good idea. It was all so stupid, and she hated being angry. Her stomach rumbled. That made more sense. She was just hungry. Maybe that's why the spell wasn't working. She couldn't summon enough power. She needed calories. She went to the kitchen to grab something to eat, but the kitchen was in complete disarray. Her father was staring into an empty fridge. Dad, I want a snack, she said. Where's all the food? Her father closed the fridge and said, The vacuum cleaner hasn't gotten back with the groceries, and I really need to teach that sink to wash dishes. Peyton sighed. The vacuum cleaner shouldn't be getting groceries. You should. Her father tinkered with the microwave. Just have a little patience when I teach all these appliances. Peyton grew increasingly frustrated. Her mouth quivered. I just want a regular meal. 
Mum used to cook regular meals. Who cares about the magic? Her father got quiet. Your mother cooked her way, and I cook mine. And I'm the one who's here right now, not her. Peyton couldn't contain it. You're the worst dad ever. I wish you had gone away instead, she screamed. She turned and ran up the stairs. Peyton paced around her bedroom and thought about how maybe she didn't need parents at all. Maybe instead of getting her mother to come home, she should make her father go away. She was very pragmatic and mature after all. Surely she could make it on her own with no parents. She glanced at the top of her bookshelf where the rest of her mother's book collection lived. These were the really fancy ones that had spells Peyton could only dream of. Things like transfiguration, revenge spells, even some light necromancy. She hadn't touched these volumes yet. Even in her mother's absence, these books were definitely off-limits. But Peyton was very angry. And at the moment, she didn't care about her mother's rules. This was an emergency. Peyton reached for a book with a spiderweb across the cover. She remembered one time on a childhood camping trip, they'd been ambushed by a bear and her mother had taken it out. She used a spell to make the bear disappear before it attacked. She flipped through the book until she found the vanishing spell. It required only a ball of aluminium foil, a burning flame, and 75 seconds of her complete focus. She liked when spells were specific in their instructions. She lit a candle, waved the flame over the ball, and closed her eyes. Ivanaset Pater! Ivanaset Pater! But exactly 47 seconds in, the bedroom door swung open. The rabbit hopped into the room. How did you get back here? Peyton asked, aghast at how this rabbit could open doors. The rabbit didn't say anything, obviously, and hopped onto the spellbook. If this stupid rabbit was going to chew up her mother's precious books, Peyton wasn't just going to throw it out. She was going to ship it back to Canada. The rabbit swiped its paws against the book. Peyton lunged over to stop it, but the rabbit was merely turning a page. It put its paw over a spell called True Divine Essence, a transfiguration spell. Peyton closed it. That is not the spell we're doing. But again, the rabbit opened the book to the same page. How odd. Peyton glanced over the ingredient list for the transfiguration spell. If she was going to try it, she'd need 10 feet of twine, a black marble, seven frog feet. That was strange, as there were exactly seven frog feet on her desk. She looked over, and the rabbit was sitting next to them and... grinning? Peyton, whose disappearing spell had failed, wondered if she could use this spell to turn her father into her mother. This was probably very complicated, but it was probably what her rabbit was trying to get her to do. So she took out her small cauldron and filled it with water. The directions said to bring it to a boil and add the frog feet, one at a time. Suddenly, the rabbit leapt into action, defying every law of opposable thumbs. 
it lit the hot plate under the cauldron and coats the water to a boil. Soon, it started to simmer. The rabbits became so focused, it nearly glowed, then dropped all seven of the frog feet into the water. At once? She asked the rabbit. The rabbit pushed the olive oil towards her. Peyton's instincts said she needed to trust it. She poured the oil over black marble, held it over the cauldron, and recited the incantation. Mutatio, transfiguro, mutatio, transfiguro. Suddenly, Peyton felt a buzz through her hands, something she had never felt before. It was entirely illogical. It felt, well, like magic. She dropped the marble into the cauldron. As it hit the bubbling water, it occurred to Peyton that she didn't know what to do with the twine listed in the ingredients itself. The rabbit did. It wrapped itself and hopped into the cauldron. The room shook. Peyton steadied herself. Whoa! The cauldron boiled heavily, then shot out a burst of purple light so bright Peyton closed her eyes and screamed, This is crazy! Suddenly, the shaking stopped. Peyton opened her eyes. The light had gone away. The liquid had evaporated, and so had the rabbit. In its place was her mother. Mum? Peyton gasped. You're my familiar? Peyton couldn't make sense of this new information. But there her mother was, right in front of her, with her frizzy hair and flowy green dress she loved. It worked! Hi, honey. Peyton couldn't smile. She was too confused. How did you get here? I thought you sent me a birthday present. Her mother looked confused. A birthday present? Oh, me, oh my! Is it May already? Peyton hung her head sadly, and her mother flinched. Oh no, I didn't mean to forget you. It's just, I started learning transfiguration spells, and before I knew it, poof, nine months just flew by. Peyton understood. She'd learned to make sense of her parents when they were absorbed in a new project. But how did you end up here? Her mother thought for a minute. I don't know. One minute I was thinking I was getting good at transfiguration spells. The next, I turned myself into a rabbit, got thrown into a cage, then yanked all the way to the front porch. I'm not really sure how it happened. Peyton's jaw dropped. I know how it happened. My conjuring spell totally worked! Her mother looked quite surprised. You conjured me? Peyton grinned and said, I tried a million times, but it must have finally worked. Her mother smiled knowingly. What day did you say it was? Did you say, rabbit, rabbit, this morning? Peyton nodded. For once, she was so happy to see her mother that she didn't care about being proven wrong. I told you 
It always works, said her mother. A conjuring spell? That's very advanced. You must be getting good. Peyton proudly repeated the spell as her mother watched, except instead of thinking about her mother as she had been during every previous attempt, Peyton's thoughts turned to her father. Just then, the vacuum cleaner puttered into the room and crashed into the desk. It exploded into a puff of glittery smoke. Peyton's father ran in. <laughs> no, not again. When he saw Peyton's mother standing in the bedroom, his eyes went wide. Elvira? What are you doing here? He asked. Lumen, oh dear, I didn't mean to, she replied, too flustered to explain. But it is good to see you. Peyton's father smiled back, his eyes tired but hopeful. He gestured to the sparkly ash on the floor and said, I thought I'd finally figured out the vacuum cleaner assistant. I know how much you hate to go shopping. Peyton's mother looked surprised. Wait a minute, she asked. Were you working on all those spells to make my life easier? Peyton's father blushed. Well, I know you'd rather be working on spells than doing boring old housework. And I could have done the chores myself, but if you teach a witch to fish... Peyton's mother smiled. And here I thought you weren't paying attention to what I wanted. Peyton's father shrugged, for he was a man of gestures, not words. You know, I tried a resurrection spell in Germany last year. It was dangerous and it didn't work. But it's sort of like you're reanimating the soul of the vacuum cleaner. So maybe some parts of the spell would work here. Peyton's mother summoned a feather, the eye of Newt from the corner of the stairs, and leftover twine. She said a few words, snapped a few fingers, and suddenly, the vacuum cleaner sprung a shopping cart on its side and headed out the door. Makes no sense, but guess it worked, her mother said. Peyton smiled and gave her mum a hug. The best things in life can't be explained. Hey mum! Can you get me a familiar? Her mother squeezed Peyton's arm. Of course. Do you want a cat? We can walk around the pet store until one of them chooses you. Peyton replied, Actually, I think I'd like a rabbit. Nobody knows exactly why we say rabbit rabbit at the beginning of the month. It seems to have originated in the UK, as the first documented mention is in a British magazine from 1909. But even if its roots are in Britain, it certainly made its way across the pond in the next few decades. Reportedly, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a practitioner. While we can't explain the meaning of this strange practice, we do know that rabbits have long been associated with magic and the occult. In some parts of the United Kingdom, it was once believed that witches traveled as rabbits to avoid persecution. And though now we think of cats as a witch's best friend, rabbits used to be the default. 
It's easy to see why rabbits and witchcraft go hand in hand when you look at how they reproduce. Rabbits are known for being highly fertile. Some rabbit species can conceive again while still pregnant, which defies the laws of biology so much it's almost magical. Plus, their gestation period is around 28 days long, the length of the lunar cycle. Many indigenous cultures link rabbits to the moon, something that often represents good fortune, our emotions, and the mystic. With so many powerful associations, of course you'd think rabbits could bring you luck. As for why we say rabbit, rabbit, rabbit on the first of the month instead of, say, on the full moon, that's anyone's guess. Perhaps it's simply easier to remember. So, on the first of the month, if you choose to say rabbit three times in a row, you're not alone. Perhaps, even if we don't know why it works, it's nice to believe in magic. Thanks again for listening to Superstitions. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound design by Brendan Hawkins, production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Superstitions was written by Julie Pearson, with writing assistance by Stacey Nemick and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Hayley Milliken, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. Hi, listeners, it's Carter. Here's a quick reminder to check out the Solved Murders four-part special Party Fowls. Every Wednesday in August, take a closer look at four celebrations that ended in horrific fashion. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Solved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify.